Thank y'all very much. Now that the ad is done, it's time to get into the episodes. And we're talking about episode 32, Farewell Inside Six. Not gonna lie, this episode was... I thought it was gonna be a little cleaner than what it was, but it was... It was a lot of things, but it, it was okay overall. It's not super weak. It's just kind of mid. You know, it was a little sloppy at points, but honestly, at the end, they tied it together pretty well. We catch up to white base. They're moving over to size six because, well, they need a breather. They need to get repairs and supply and all those other good things because they've been literally going, going, going. Ain't slept in months and weeks, you know? They finally are getting through. Amro and Sailor are on patrol to make sure that everything is clear on the way to side six because once you hit side six, when you're inside the barrier, there's no combat. Side six is completely neutral. They aid nobody at all in the war, right? Unfortunately, they see a down Xeon ship. It's pretty much a Xeon prototype. They don't really mention that at all, but that's what they hint at without saying it out loud. Unfortunately, one of the dumb Xeon pilots gets the bright idea to shoot at him. And then we have a little scuffle between Amuro, Sela, and these two Xeon pilots. Amuro breaks off, becomes the Gundam. They do that behind a little, little asteroid. They shoot him down, but they break off because it was a prototype and they could fly away safely. But they did say, like, damn, we were so close to having that thing completed and we're, we can't have it no more. Also, we have to mention that Dozel was mentioned at the very top of this episode. He is mad at Cassilia because Cassilia keeps using Char, and Char is the reason why Garma's dead. Therefore, Dozel has a beef with him. Dozel can't go all out because he's running out of troops because they keep failing on missions to take down the white base because our white base crew is unstoppable. Now that we're done with the little brief combat we had in the beginning, white base finally makes it to side six, and this is where we get our first little Clippy McClipperson over here. I've taken the liberty of sealing all missile launchers, guns, and beam cannons with this tape. If they happen to be cut... Yes, I do understand. If that happened, we'd pay a very stiff fine. Right. The white base is in need of some very major repairs. I'm afraid we won't be able to assist you with that. We can't help the war effort here. Allow me to take you gentlemen to the bridge. For those that have been watching and following along with the episodes, you would have noticed that they were putting a red tape over different parts of the white base. That is to cover any potential opening where a missile or cannon could be fired from. Therefore, if you go through that red tape, that means you break the rules of the base, of, of side six, and therefore you are not allowed back. You're, you're in trouble. One of the best things about that is we get this guy named Cameron. Cameron comes aboard the ship, and he's giving Bright the lowdown and all that good stuff. And unfortunately, well, not unfortunately, in this case, fortunately, he sees somebody he's been missing for a long time. Remember we talked about last episode? Cameron is Mirai's fiance. Laser sensor open, 360 degrees. Huh? <gasps> Mirai, it's you. Cameron, why are you here? Oh, Mirai, you made it through and alive. <gasps> Mirai. Uh, you're looking well, Cameron. I wonder who that Maybe is. Maybe it's one of her relatives. <clears throat> Mr. Cameron, we're trying to dock our ship now. I'm afraid the two of you will have to leave that for later. Huh? Oh, right. Beg your pardon. 
Mirai. I'm so happy to see you, Mirai. I was devastated to think I might never see you again. And this war broke out. If your father hadn't passed away, we might have avoided the war. Yes, you're right. Then I might not have had to immigrate to Side 7 against my will, either. Why didn't you at least let me know you were leaving? I did everything to try and find out where you were, Mirai. Everything? Yes, I had people look for you everywhere. I don't know how much money I spent on the search. I see. So you didn't even attempt to look for me yourself. I was busy moving here to Side 6 around that time. It's true, Cameron. Our engagement was merely to please both our parents, wasn't it? <sighs> That's absolutely ridiculous, Mirai. You've got it all wrong. Come home with me now. Father will be so pleased. What are you saying? <sighs> Don't you know how I feel? I'd do anything for you, Mirai. Slow down a bit, Cameron. Excuse me. Huh? <clears throat> <clears throat> I hate seeing a guy harassing a lady. Lieutenant Slager, stop that, please. It's not what you think. You sure you're all right? Yes. Hmm. In that case, here you go, pencil neck. <laughs> Have your glasses back. Cameron, are you okay? Yeah. It seems that I don't know how to court a woman properly. Right, Lieutenant? Precisely, mister. After all, you know, Ensign Mirai's like a mother to us all on the white base. So we had those little back-to-back -back clips. It was pretty funny watching them go from in one scene being in love slash liking each other and happy to see each other to kind of questioning their relationship. Mirai is kind of not with it. I think Mirai was more happy to see a familiar face in this situation versus, oh, hey, it's the person I was supposed to marry. While that's going on, I thought it was funny that Slager was just somehow hanging around. I was like, Hey, yo, he was polite about it, grabs Cameron's glasses when they're fighting, and punches him in the face. And then says, pencil neck, and then gives him the glasses back. That That's kind of a weird dynamic, because Mirai mentions, I think, in this episode, in the last episode, that th their marriage was arranged, and she's questioning if she really even loves him. However, Cameron's gone full simp, like myself, and has fully exclaimed that he is in love with Mirai and wants to be with her forever. And it's not reciprocated. And I think that there's some underlying issues they have in their relationship that they need to sort out. And by the end of this episode, they definitely get sorted. They definitely do. They definitely do. After that, we see Char getting scolded by... I didn't even catch the general's name. Some general saying that he doesn't know what he's doing and that Char needs to watch how things get taken care of. They finally mention and wonder, why does he always wear this mask even indoors? And one of the soldiers like, you know, I've heard he's got a really pretty face. And another, and I think the same person was like, maybe he has like a bad burn. But remember, we're going back all the way so many episodes ago to Gundam the Origin. He's faking as Char because he says that his eye color is actually blue. The real Char's eye color is red. And he's wearing that because of he said some kind of like radiation poisoning or whatever that basically makes his eyes super sensitive and whatnot. But I digress, that's a small part. But they're starting to question his identity and why he does stuff and things. But now the crew's in the city. We get back to the White Brace crew. They get to go out in the city, get supply, get stuff, get things. 
And Amro sees sees somebody that he hasn't seen in a very long time, and that man's name is Tim Ray. Tim Ray's Amro's father, which after everything that happened back on I forgot where they were in the very beginning of the series. He ends up here inside six. He's kind of working, going crazy, and whatever. Dad! Oh, hi, Amaro. Dad! So, how's the Gundam faring in battle? I suppose it's doing well? Uh, yeah. Dad. Come with me, son. Sure. What are you waiting for? Come in. Okay. What is this place? It's a junkyard, obviously. Ideal for finding data. I've been living here lately, you see. I want you to install this in the Gundam's memory circuit. I developed it using the circuit of a Xeon mobile suit as a model. It's a piece of junk. He must have brain damage from the lack of oxygen. You'll be amazed. It'll increase the Gundam's combat ability several times over. Here, take it. Install this and test it right away. Sure, but what about you, Dad? I have a lot of research to finish. However, I'll be in touch again. Now hurry up and go. Right. Uh, uh, hey, Dad. I saw Mom back on Earth. Wait. Aren't you even concerned about how Mom is? I'm sure the war will be over very soon. Once it's finished, we could go visit the Earth. I don't believe it. Get going. A new recruit's got to be punctual at all times. Unfortunately for Amro, this is not the happy reunion he was hoping to have with his father. But really, this kind of makes sense when you think of how Amara was in Gundam The Origin. It's funny, this episode points back to stuff in The Origin more uh, than I thought about when I was watching it. But Tim was always working. He was never home. And when he would come home, he would just say, Amara, clean up the house. It's filthy because Amara was a kid. And why would he clean if there was no adult supervision? And they've been separated for... I don't know what the timeline is, but I want to say they've been separated for at least six months at this point in time, right? Like, it has to be six months, right? Um, or at least, like, at least 30, 30 plus days at this point. He's gone from, like, having a somewhat father figure, which he never... Actually, no. He never really had a father figure. Like, his dad... All the things that his dad did, he put into his work and research. And his work and research at the end of the day, was meant to be a gift to Amaro. Because Tim cannot show affection or emotion, which is awful. And I think now, more than ever, Amaro is hoping to, like, get, like, just a little bit of something from his father. And the whole entire time, not even like a, oh, I missed you, son, or, oh, how are you doing, son? Like, how's everything on white base, son? It's, how, oh, hey, what, hey, Amaro, how's Gundam? How's combat going? How's this? How's that? Here's an upgrade piece. And so, kind of disheartening. He did mention that his dad had lack of oxygen, which I think it's probably because of side six. But Tim was not in a good place. 
he was not in a good place at all. I feel bad for the guy. But after Amaro gets that rude awakening, he gets back to base and he gets chewed out for wandering off. And Bright's going to give him a little bit of work. And here you go. Because they find out word that they can leave side six and go to this billionaire's platform and get repairs because technically that's not side six. However, that's not gonna be a cakewalk as we all know city on your own you're responsible for the delay of our departure i'm sorry sir i didn't realize we are leaving so soon get in the gunham and escort white base out mr bergamino yes are you absolutely positive that's what district attorney cameron requested yes i got a video call from the premier's official residence there's no mistake as long as the docks located outside the territory were permitted to repair Xeon or Federation vessels. You guarantee there won't be any trouble? We're being pursued. Not to worry. I do have very close ties with top brass on both sides. Young lady, you have nothing to worry about at all. Thank you very much, Mr. Bergamino. Hey, Amuro. You sure you're feeling okay now? I always was. Glad to hear it. That's a good boy. Listen, Slager. Yeah? How about you do me a favor and put a lid on that good boy stuff? <laughs> sure. Sorry about that. What's that? You spotted a signal flare from Kayahawa? It indicates the Trojan horse is left side six. Confirm its position. Full speed. Why did the Trojan horse leave so suddenly? Position confirmed. They're at Bergamino's floating dock. Bergamino? That scoundrel. He always profits off war. Yes, and it's perfect. The enemy is directly in our fleet's line of fire. I want you to deploy 12 Rigdoms. So it doesn't take long after getting back to White Base for Amrigin Gundam. It doesn't take long for Sledger to realize that Amaro's not in a good place. Brighton crew think that they're going to have a really nice, quick, and easy, you know, spot to repair. You know, they're by side six. Someone's going to try to fire by side six, right? That would break the treaty. And there is a Xeon scout that figures him out, sees, hey, that's the Trojan horse. We need to go ahead and uh, do this about it. Bruh. And now, because of that, we got that clip where the where the dude that was um, scolding Shar earlier in the episode is like, let's send all these units towards him. He sent 12 different doms towards him. That's how bad he wants this guy gone, right? And of course, Cameron's going to try flying through to help stop the fighting going through. But this battle wasn't like your normal battle. Amro goes on a tear. Like, at the end of the day, Amro takes out nine units by himself, and the rest of the crew takes out three. It's very visual, but, well, there's also a new song. But here, here's a small clip of what Amro was doing out there.
were destroyed? All twelve of our rickdoms gone? Wiped out in under three minutes. Yes, sir. We lost twelve rickdoms to one badly damaged warship. Some kind of monster. The Zanzibar! Oh, oh. it's Shah. He's come to laugh at me. The Zanzibar is approaching. What? Hey, Bride, we should retreat to side six. Right, order all units to retreat to side six. But what's going to happen to my precious Doc? My Doc! This man, Amro, took out nine units by himself. They took out all 12 in under three minutes. I'm not saying they're just getting better at combat and better at being a unit in a whole, you know, team. I'm saying they're on some goblin mode demon time type shit right there. That's insane that they were outmanned, outnumbered, outgunned, and they start cooking everybody that's in them. I guess they don't have the good pilots anymore. Amro took all them out anyway. But you can tell that this battle is different because Amro is not like... He's he's not like questioning anything anymore. He's very confident and very sound in what he's doing. In that last battle at the end, where the Dom was gonna sneak up behind him with the sword to uh, tear take him out, playing that perfectly, reversal with the laser sword, mm, scrumptious baby. But yeah, Amuro was on another level right then and there. And I think a mix of him being mad that his dad didn't care about him, and the frustration of just being in trouble for something that. Wasn't really worth getting in trouble for seeing his dad. Put him into that goblin mode and took him out. But now that we're done fighting and the sides can chill, Cameron gets back on the ship and offers Mirai this. Don't worry. Father will cover up the fact that you broke the weapon seals, my dear Mirai. So? What I'm saying is that with Father's assistance, I can arrange for you to live here in Site 6. That's not what I'm asking. If I'm supposed to abandon the white base and live here with you... Cameron, what are you willing to do for me? Like I said, I would gladly ask for Father to assist you. You still don't understand anything. That's just not enough. Not for me to abandon the white base. Mira, I don't understand. You would have never said something like that to me before. What is it that you expect from me anyway? If there weren't a war, that's not it. It's more than that. Cameron, you've done nothing but escape from the war. You haven't changed at all. I love you. That's something I could never change, Mirai. That means a lot to me. Thank you. Mirai! What is it you don't like about me, Mirai? Tell me! Mirai, please, don't go! I'll try to change, if that's what you want! Mirai! Mirai! Cameron is okay. I, too, have been, you know, put in my place, told about myself by a woman that I had a thing for and hoped that I was going to get with. But alas, you know what we do? You know what we do? We sit back, we regress from talking to anybody, and we hope that we forget about it, and that everything that just happened was fake, and we hope that nobody else finds out about our embarrassment, and hopefully, we can move on. 
But we're not going to move on because we're going to sit at home and dwell about it for the rest of, I don't know, the week, day, month, year, life. We're going to sit on that and be sad the entire time. But Mira was right. Cameron, you rely too much on other people. Therefore, you got played. You got left. Mira is doing the greatest of things while you are at home, down bad and sad, just like you, boy. And you know what? You know what's not down bad and sad? Episode 33. Coming right up. I'm not going to end on that note. I just thought it was pretty funny for that to be a lead-in. Um, but yeah, Mirai tells Cameron about himself. And Cameron just got... I mean, essentially got, got, got bounced, you know? I mean, he... From the little things that we gathered... It was as if Cameron had a history of running from problems, which obviously the first big one was running from the war to size six in the first place. The second is now trying to get Mira to run from the war and hide and hang out with him. I get it. War is not for everybody, but this is like a global thing. And Mira didn't ask to be where she's at, but she's doing the thing and she's you know, excelling, even when she wasn't excelling, she was still trying and learning and slowly getting better. And Cameron doesn't want to get better. Cameron just wants to take the easy way out. And so I respect Mirai for being like, nah, I can't be with somebody who doesn't want to put in effort or work and just wants to run. And that's how they solve problems. But yeah, my guy got smoked, but it's okay. Cause you know, what was not going to get smoked. Episode 33 coming right up. And we're back with episode 33 of Fateful Encounter. Hope you didn't miss me. It was literally like a three-second gap on the podcast. It was really like 24 hours on my end, but who cares? Time is a flat circle anyway. None of it matters. Nothing in life matters. We open up with a little recap of Amaro cooking those 12 Zeon suits, which gives us a little bit of a uh, foreshadowing going to the next episode. Bright tells Mira that they need to leave soon. They're back inside six because they had to go in after the battle to get some repairs done and also just to not be suffocated by Xeon for another, I don't know, six months or whatever. As this is going on, Amro is back in the town. He's in a little jeep going through the mud to go find his father. And as he's going to go find his father, he meets a character that we've known about from Gun of the Origin but haven't seen since we've been in Mobile Suit Gundam. A bird! <laughs> How sad. Sorry, I didn't mean, I didn't mean to scare you. Yeah, that poor bird. I guess you were fond of it? Who could dislike the beautiful? Who could dislike the beautiful? 
Do you think that anyone dislikes the beautiful? Isn't it sad to watch something so beautiful grow old and perish? Yeah, I agree. It is sad. But I guess what I meant was... Look, it stopped raining. <laughs> Your eyes are so beautiful. Uh, yeah. Amara was back where his father was living at, and his father wasn't home, but he sees this girl as it's raining, and as he's following a crane, and she's like, oh, it's so pretty, and it's going to die soon or whatever, and it dies, and then Amara approaches Lala and asks and talks to her. We don't know that her name is Lala until later in the episode, but if we've been following the series the whole entire time, if you've been listening to the podcast, we know this is Lala. Lala compliments his eyes. He gets kind of, uh, you know, blushing a little bit. And then, boom. She runs off into uh, playing the wet grass and whatever, which all of us gamers should do every now and then. Sorry, did not mean to use a slur on the podcast. But I think this is kind of the kickoff to Amro being interested slash wondering about Lala. Amro has a thing for... We know of right now confirmed older women, but Lala seems like the first person towards age, and it's a little different for him to be seeing her and having kind of a interest to her. I mean, granted, she does she is of a different race than he is, so he's probably interested in that as well. But he looks a little little smitten. My boy looked a little smitten there for a moment. After this going through, Shar is going to side six to basically go meet up with Lala and go chill for a bit. We learn his true intentions later in the episode. I won't talk about it now, but as that's happening, he pulls up and parks right next to White Base. Are you sure we should leave the Conscon group, sir? It can't be helped. Vice Admiral Dozel and Conscon only have their eyes on the immediate enemy. That's not the case at all with Lady Cassilia. When it comes to this war, she's looking at the overall picture. What's at side six, Captain? I've been wondering. Mm-hmm. We're going to use Lala in battle soon. Don't worry, you'll know then. We're approaching side six. Captain Shah Zanzibar is entering part at side six. Shah is... always seems to have his own agenda. every day. Who would guess we'd be docked in the same port as the enemy? This could only happen while in a neutral zone. It's like a sitcom. Why don't we invite the enemy over and throw a party or something? Hey? <laughs> right. I can't take this anymore! Where are you going? What do you mean, where? Those guys who took out Ryu are right in front of us! Hayato! Do you have any idea the consequences we would face? We cannot fight inside six. Yeah, so what? We'll be departing very soon. No one is to leave the ship. That goes for all of you. There's a lot to do here before we take off. To your stations now. Just be sure you don't prolong your length of stay. Don't worry about it. Now, 
The weapon seals. I'm aware of the penalties. All right. And I don't want any trouble with the Federation forces. I've warned my men. Thank you. Now, I get it. I understand why Hayato was mad, because they're the ones who got Ryu. But there's other things at stake here. Like, I don't know, causing a international peace tree to be broken. Uh, violence everywhere. Needless bloodshed whenever I can just sit back and chill. And Char's like, Char's just abiding by the rules. He's like, hey, I know, no fighting. I told my men, all this, all that. I'm just here to do a couple things and then dip. Like, it's all good. Now we get back to Amuro with Tim. And Tim's kind of gone at this point in time. Is that so? I'm proud you've become the Gundam pilot. How did that module I gave you work out? What? You know, the new device I handed to you last night. Don't you remember? It upgraded Gundam greatly, didn't it? Oh, yeah, of course. So, my calculations were right. <laughs> I'll develop others. I'll concentrate on new upgrades. D Dad? It worked, did it? I made it after all. My next one will be even greater. <laughs> He's a junk. He must have brain damage from the lack of oxygen. Dad? Anyway, listen, Dad, are mobile suits more important to you than human beings? Send out the trailer! Dad! Hurry up and get on the white base, son! No! Wait, Dad! Great timing. I'm stuck. I should have known better than to take the shortcut. So in addition to Amuro dealing with this father, essentially going, he's, he's, he's not who he once was. Let's, let's put it that way. He, um, he like... Lies him because he never put the part. Remember, he slammed that part down. But you could tell Tim is hyper focused on his work, and he's essentially now at this point a mad scientist. Amro tears up in the clip, seeing him leave like this. He has that flashback, which that is, a, I believe, the first episode. Which I think what happens there, there's an explosion that goes off, and it doesn't kill him, but it causes other things to go wrong with Tim. And since that point on, he's been like this. And he's just, again, hyper-focused on work, doing stuff and things, and trying to make Gundam better and, quote-unquote, win the war. Uh, we'll see how that goes later in the series, obviously. Because this thing lasts for a long-ass fucking time. Um, as Amaro's leaving, he gets stuck in the mud. And, of course, who pulls up? None other than Char and Lala. Sure. Sorry to splash you. The driver's still a novice. Sure. Sorry about that. I thought you would be able to avoid it. 
We'll have to tow your car out of this pothole. What's your name? Amaro. Amaro Ray. It's strange. I feel like I've heard your name before somewhere. I know you. Somehow, I really do know who you are. Here, let me give you a hand. Relax, it's done. Uh, thanks a lot. Uh, uh, what's your name? Char Asnable. I'm a soldier, as you can probably tell. It is Char. Lala, give it some gas, but gently. Yes, Captain. So this is Char. Char Asnable, he said. Take it easy. Got it, Lala? What are you doing? Stand back, Amaro. I've never met him before. So how did I know that he was Char? And that girl, he called her Lala. How old are you, Amaro? Me? I'm 16. That's so. You're still young. I can understand why you'd be a little nervous around an enemy soldier. But don't you think a word of thanks would be in order at the very least? Oh, right. Of course. Thank you. I think that's a cute clip because La Char is teaching Lala how to drive. And he says, oh, she's a little reckless behind the wheel right now. And Lala doesn't really acknowledge Amro as a person, but they remember they literally just met maybe a couple hours ago. Char says he feels like he knows him, but Amaro, of course, knows who Char is. It's one of those things, the only thing I can equate it to is like when you meet a streamer or content creator or any celebrity you've been following for a very long time in person, and it's like, I feel like I somewhat know who you are, but of course you have no idea who I am. Char is the famous streamer. Amaro is just the peasant that's been following him in the Twitch chat, dropping gems and maybe, uh, gems is in jokes, maybe dropping some subs every now and then, you know? And he's taking it back. We finally get Amaro's age. He's 16 in this clip, which is younger than I thought it'd be. I thought it'd be 18 at this point, but I guess not. So we have, he tells his age, and they're just kind of hanging out. And Sharman calls him out for being rude, for not saying he, uh, thank you for the help, which I thought was pretty funny. Even in war, even in war. There's always time to be nice. But as Amro's kind of mortified and thinking about that, he gets back to base and Bright is figuring out how they're going to leave side six. The enemy hasn't changed their position at all since we arrived here. And they won't leave just because you're worried. Well, right. We should definitely send the Gundam out in front. <clears throat> Excuse me. Oh, hello. We were waiting for you. You wanted something? Actually, I was hoping I could help you out personally. Cameron. Sorry, I'm not following you. I own a private ship, which I can use to escort you out of our airspace. You see, if a Side 6 ship escorted you, the Zeons wouldn't open fire. I do appreciate the thought. Cameron, why are you offering to help us like this? How could you even ask such a question of me, Mirai? It's shocking to me. I don't think it's appropriate for you to do but, that. But, Mirai, if you won't get off this ship, then at the very least you must let me help you. Cameron, you're more a nuisance to us than a help already. I find that very insulting. 
Look, you're just trying to prove that you can be helpful, but you weren't there when I needed you the most. It's too late. I know I can become the man you wanted. No, thank you. <laughs> That's enough. Lieutenant! You! This man's serious about this. Can't you see? That's why the man's putting himself in danger. Sure, it's true that Side 6 is a neutral zone, but one stray enemy missile and he'd be toast. And you? How can you just stand there and let her push you around like that? We could have solved it peacefully. If you're serious, then prove it to her. No, that's so barbaric. Listen, Mr. Cameron. It's all about determination. Right, Mirai? You said it, Lieutenant. If you haven't changed your mind yet, I'd like to accept your kind offer. Uh, right. I'd be happy to, Lieutenant. <sighs> hmm. <laughs> Here's the thing. I am all for sorting your stuff out with your significant other, your partner. I'm 100% for y'all arguing in private, but not when it's time to discuss war. I get it, Cameron. You want to be useful. You you took what Mirai said to you to heart and said, I'm going to be useful this time around. Here's my plan. I'll be your escort, which I love this energy. I love the effort you're putting in. But Cameron, you gotta know the time and place to pick fights, man. Mirai and Cameron start fighting over the plan, what's right, what's wrong, why would you do this, you shouldn't do this, X, Y, and Z. And Slegger, the guy who I thought would not be of, of use here, comes in and becomes a couple's counselor for a couple brief moments. And even Bryce kind of like, I agree with Slegger right here. And after all that goes down, we obviously hear, they take Cameron up on his plan and they get an escort out. As they're leaving, Cameron's escorting them because, the like in the previous clip, they're not supposed to fire on any Side 6 representative. So if a ship with the official like Side 6 business or whatever the heck they have on it, you cannot fire at that ship. So they should be safe, in theory. As they're going through, the general, I never caught his name. I don't know if they even named him. If they did, I did not pay attention. So forgive me for that. Sees that and is like, you know what? you know what let's get these doms ready and as they're going through what's like a basically a tunnel you see all these doms and ships get ready start lining up following them following their prey and getting ready to rock and roll as soon as they hit that certain spot cameron pulls back amro gets launched and it's go time baby get to bust no discussion and what's wild is that there's a tv crew showing this battle which i thought was pretty funny um which i think that's a nod towards whenever they did was it vietnam when they had camera crews at vietnam sending footage of the war and what was happening like i get it but we should but like no like that, that shit's not cool you feel me i think that that's a thing where probably shouldn't do that but alas because this is happening tim gets to watch and so does char and lala they're watching this fight go down we get some new music going on whatever and of course, it's all actions. I don't really have clips yet, but as I'll, I'll go ahead and play a couple of clips for you right now. I 
is a live broadcast of an actual confrontation. The Federation and Xeon are currently battling in outer space. I'm not interested in the white base. Show me the Gundam. How's the Gundam faring in battle? That's right there. Come on, Amuro. You can do better than that. Lieutenant, enemy straight ahead. Yeah, sit back and watch me get him. These are live images of an actual skirmish. The battle is staged just outside Side 6 borders. The White Base, the Federation's lone vessel, is fighting desperately... Has Flanagan treated you well? Yes. <sighs> Watch this very... I repeat, these are live images of an actual skirmish. The battle is staged just outside Side 6 borders. The White Base, the Federation's lone vessel, is fighting desperately... Has Flanagan treated you well? Yes. <sighs> Watch this very carefully. Real-life battles don't play out nearly as nicely as they do in the movies. As witnesses to the conflict, the crew at this station feel we must all give thought to the position our nation should take in the future. <laughs> a lot sharper than before. I'm running out of power. If I can't use the beam rifle, I'll switch to close combat. Oh, ridiculous. What's the matter? There's just one ship. I know he's gloating. Sharp! Ram them. Ram into them. Ram the Chive right into the side of that Trojan horse. The Moosites have been destroyed, and the heavy cruiser Shabay is advancing. There are no mobile suits in sight. The battle is escalating. The white mobile suit is going to win. Hmm? But the Gundam's not even on the screen. I can tell. That's exactly why you took me under your wing in the first place, isn't it, Captain? <laughs> You're very perceptive. <laughs> They're doing a kamikaze attack. They're getting desperate. Where's their vital spot? There it is! Enemy below! What? No! Port so as we can see, Tim is glued, Shar and Lala are glued, and of course Shar tells Lala, well we heard in the previous clip, I, I think I put it in here, that Shar wants to get Lala to come out to battle because she can see the future, and because of that, he should be able to win every single battle with her help. In theory, right? And so they're watching Amro go to work and just absolutely slaughter and destroy all the doms and even the main ship. Tim is seeing this and goes crazy because his son, not just his son, his best, his biggest invention ever, the Gundam, has put on a show. And of course, he thinks this is all his doing because the part got installed, but Amro never installed the part. The part was junk, allegedly. Who knows? Maybe it was good. But anyway, that happens, and that's pretty much the end of the episode where 
we're about to get into the real crazy wacky shit in the next 10 less than 10 episodes i think we'll have 40 i think we have 42 to 45 episodes so about less than 10 a little more than 10 to go but overall that that was episode 33 i think it was a really strong episode a lot of good action at the end i like how they kind of honed it back into being around amuro a bit more and with that being said with Amro, we had Amro's main plot and his subplot, and it all lines up to what's going to be a bigger plot in the whole franchise's history later down the road. Don't think because they're only in a couple of iterations of, this, of the series, they're only around in the old shit. They're in the new shit too, baby. They're always going to be on. They're forever. They're inevitable. But anyway, I want to stop rambling. Uh, thank y'all once again for tuning in and borrowing. Let me borrow your ears for however long this podcast is going to be after it's edited. Uh, make sure you're following us on socials at Gundam underscore history. Uh, my personal is Fogey underscore bear. All that stuff is in the, the description below. Um, we'll see y'all in a, a week or two. Who knows? I've been really chaotic with my schedule as of late. I've been pretty busy. But thank y'all for sticking by. Make sure you guys go on your platform of choice. Like, comment, subscribe, whatever the buttons and associated content created stuff I got to tell y'all to do. Make sure you're doing that. Interacting with the show. Especially leaving comments. Leaving comments and ratings is a huge help to boosting numbers. But that's my time. I'll catch y'all later to go over episodes 34 and 35. Y'all be good. Stay hydrated. And uh, see y'all then. tell me how I should do my job.